Welcome to episode 55 of Cyclops is Waiting for Me, an X-Men, the animated series weekly recap podcast. I'm JC, and I love doing introductions twice. (laughs) And I'm Rod, and I do not. It gets me kind of stressed. Today, after months of planning, we have our most anticipated guest, Joe Schlepsky. That's definitely not the second time I made that joke today. But you've been waiting for it for so long, I know. Rod, so I've, it's, you know. He, he couldn't not put it in there. He had, to, he had to do it. He I've been planning. He's been teasing it for weeks. I've heard. I listened to the show. I'm, Big I'm, fan. Thanks for having me. In all seriousness, our guest, Joe Russo. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Yes, my name is Joe Russo, and I'm a big fan of Marvel. We'll breadcrumb it after the, after the episode. <laughs> I was supposed to be on the show months ago, but I was not able to attend because I had to go to a screening of a movie I produced called The Greatest Beer Run Ever. Uh, oh, wait. Yeah. I have heard of that. Oh, I we, told we, you oh, that. No, we ta- I literally no, told you No, that. we talked about that because I have another friend that <laughs> has something to do with it. Oh, I forget, really? I forget how. Maybe they licensed the... I, I'm going to get this wrong, but they had something to do with it. Oh, they, cool. You both posted about it. But we oh, pride ourselves on accuracy yeah. here. That's right. <laughs> right. Yes. Especially me. <laughs> <laughs> I, I know you know all the characters' names, Rod. Exactly. That Forwards and forwards. He fucking I, loves Maverick. I, I, am, know, right? I am really sad, though, that I didn't get to be on the episode where he talked about Quicksilver pooping the whole time. Uh, <laughs> I was, you know, I, I, I lamented to John that, like, I really missed out on, on not being on that episode. <laughs> I, I lamented mean, being on the episode. <laughs> so you could have swapped in another yeah. timeline. There was, a- I, You know what? I wish. I wish. Because there was nothing more that I want to do than talk about poop in front of John Girl. Uh, <laughs> it's a lifelong goal. <laughs> Everyone tweeted John about favorite poop story. Nope, yes. nope, nope, let's yes. not let's not tweet Happy that. John Carl. <laughs> cool. Thanks. <sighs> Cyclops is waiting for me. <laughs> Wait, are we supposed to do more of an intro for you? No, oh, it's okay. fine. It's fine. <laughs> we have four intros to do with yeah, him. Okay. We've already done two. <laughs> yeah. Cyclops is waiting for me, so technically five. This is our weekly podcast series where we're going back and watching every single episode of the original 1992 X-Men the animated series in their original intended script order, building up to the release of X-Men 97 coming Disney Plus, hopefully this year. Still haven't heard any updates. Some quick reminders we're a recap show about a series that came out now over 30 years ago there are going to be spoilers and if you don't want to spoil for you pause the podcast watch the episode and come back and we will do our best to avoid mentioning anything about future episodes we haven't yet covered joe do you watch the episodes and then listen or do you just listen to the podcast i'm one of the psychos who's only been listening to the podcast perfect sorry disney but we're not affiliated with you or disney plus in any way so you know um, i don't i don't believe you guys val protests too much i think you are affiliated with disney and we're just not giving our proper ftc disclosures they don't want they want they have like little satellite things and you're one of them that's Mm. that's my thought it's my conspiracy theory total is chills yep yes chills they love hearing people talk about quicksilver shit (laughs) (laughs) the funny part is i would totally be a marvel disney show (laughs) because <laughs> i love it anyway don't forget to follow us on social media speaking of being a shill social media at cyclops iwfm pod on instagram tiktok twitter and facebook of course make sure to follow us on all your favorite podcast services finally we record these episodes in batches like the next three or four you're gonna hear right now reacting to any news about the upcoming series will be way behind we have no news on on like there's been nothing since our last session yeah we so. can make up stuff when we talk about that yeah i mean that's <laughs> that's what half of the internet is doing i mean we have joe russo here talking about the x-men that's true so. you have joe russo on your podcast talking about the x-men oh, we know what our seo is going to be for these episodes <laughs> on to the show today we're going to be talking about season four episode 18 titled beyond good and evil part one the end of time it aired on november 4th 1995 and currently sits at a 8.1 star rating on imdb the part that i thought was interesting before we get into anything about the episode itself the subtitles only are online they are not actually on the intro to the show wait like if you're actually watching the show it uh-huh. just says beyond good and evil 
part one. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, I, I didn't get the. I actually the only reason I saw the subtitle part was because of the spreadsheet you made. <laughs> yes, a lot of things that Rod learns about our show is because of the spreadsheet. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, it's good that you do your job as a producer. Uh, hopefully, this isn't a spoiler. Am I it is. mistaken? That, <laughs> was this originally the series finale? That is not a spoiler. That is something that we were going to talk about from okay. from the book actually. Because yeah. I vaguely, when I started rewatching this, it's like I vaguely re- remember watching this not in real time, but maybe in college and thinking like oh this is how the series ended that was a jinx on the fifth season yeah i saw that on the wikipedia but i think when i was a child i don't recall ever thinking this was the end well Uh, because they they were doing the the writing through the the script and it was during the writing process that they found out it was going to get more episodes yeah so they 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 never promoted it as the finale well that's good because that actually well when we get to part four we can talk about it then but seven hours from now i have thoughts on the end this is one of the episodes that kicks off with a recap and it's basically all the shit we've learned about apocalypse up until this point hopping into the episode starts off cairo three three wow i'm having a fucking stroke three thousand yeah three thousand nine hundred ninety nine ad and it's in a futuristic city it doesn't feel that futuristic by comparison though yeah one of my notes was like oh there's still a forest that's good <laughs> well they're also in cairo you know i mean it kind of looks like arizona with a couple buildings there's your tweet for the week <laughs> <laughs> joe has spent some time in arizona so. that's true i lived there. i used to live there you know wow. they didn't, uh, it's so hot <laughs> it, 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 it is i always kind of thought of it as like reverse winter you know oh, like right like you you stay inside during the summer and you, you go out during the winter, right? <laughs> eh, eh, that's how I survived. Lots of air conditioning and a pool. So we see Cable, who has a red eye, which we've talked about in, in previous episodes. Depending on who's animating it, they give him a different color eye, which is weird to me. Before, huh. when I was a kid, I used to assume that that meant like good guys and bad guys, you know? Yeah, no, that's that's definitely not the case on this one. But that is something I would not have known only listening to your recap show. No, like normally he's supposed to have like a yellow eye or or white. But when there's one episode where it was blue and then this one being red, whatever, Saban didn't really care about quality control. So <laughs> can I ask a question? Never. Why does Cable's son also have a mechanical arm? So they don't really address the mechanical arm at all in the series. The the arm is because of the techno-organic virus. Right. And, and it's how the computer helps him keep it under control. Why would that pass on to his son? It shouldn't. <laughs> he's, he's like the future equivalent of like a drug baby. Like you yeah, just inherit the same guess, addictions or yeah, something. Yeah, I guess so, right? Yeah. Let's really not worry about what happened to the mom in that case. Then. Oh my word, yeah. Oh, oh dear. It's probably Mystique. That's what I've learned at this point. No, it's not Mystique. <laughs> she would have to be time-traveling Mystique. It's 3,999. But isn't that what she's doing in this episode? <laughs> Boy, spoilers, spoilers. <laughs> so Cable's running through the woods and they are approaching this big giant apocalypse face pyramid he then proceeds to give a speech to his son tyler which all these characters have like crazy names and just is weird to me that his son is just named tyler well there's also a guy later in the episode named george but you know <laughs> he has a prefix though right he's gorgeous he's oh, gorgeous George. Well, but they just call him they're just yeah, like they're just... george anyway we'll get we'll get to george oh, no. C- cable uh, <laughs> looks like a guy that would name his kid tyler in the future yeah i, I also <laughs> liked how you know cables in this in this break-in is like be very, very quiet. And then they bring this robot that's like, <laughs> like, yep. So we're going to play our favorite game. Rod, the rest of the group, what are their names? I, my notes literally say Cable Scoping Out Apocalypse is Super Subtle Pyramid. 
with Tyler and three other random people. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's three it's three people and a robot. So we have Boke, B-O-A-K, is the robot. Ah. Garrison Kane, Dawn Silk, and Hope. I knew none Hope, of those. Hope uh, is not Hope Summers. Oh, interesting. Yes. That would have made yep. sense, but she didn't exist yet in the Correct. This, yeah, okay. Yeah, that was that was right. more than a decade before she would exist within right. the comics. Okay. Yep. There you go. He gives a speech to Tyler about how they've been putting up with Apocalypse for 5,000 years, and it needs to end. Start climbing up the cliff, opens the door. They say the phrase that is the equivalent of watch your ass, watch your backside, because it yeah. is a kid's cartoon. Mm. And then they start to split up down the halls, and Cable is looking specifically for the Lazarus Chamber. And they haven't called it that yet, right? Or did he? That's the first speech? time we've heard it. Okay, I believe yeah, yeah. he uses his computer, which has a different voice than the last time we we saw oh, a computer, because okay. the last time was the same voice actor as the Sentinels. I want to say. Oh, that's right. Yeah, interesting. Right. They probably weren't expecting to like keep like a continuity of characters with the computer <laughs> yeah. it's also several years later yeah. and then it analyzes this door they use the snake glyph which i feel like he could have just seen it was sticking out compared to the rest of the door yeah well it's like have you seen that meme of frame of a scooby-doo cartoon with a brick wall and then one set of bricks is highlighted it's like i wonder which part of the wall the animators want us to push on <laughs> uh, there's there's another bit like this later in the episode too but yes i agree it's yep. the most obvious button to press and then we get the pop culture reference super timely of mm-hmm. i hate snakes yes yes i did get that one indiana Four- jones 14 years later <laughs> Nothing like a good 14-year-old reference sticking a kid's show. <laughs> I do keep remembering it, because I think this is happening with media now, or probably all time, but it's always like the previous generation's references, right? Because that's they're true. Because they're the ones making well, that's the media. that's the writers, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, for like the writers, they that was like... To know, be fair, though, I, you know, I, can't, I can't go back to when I was 10 years old and tell you how I felt when I heard that line, but I could assume that I at least recognized it because I had watched Indiana Jones fairly recently. I feel yeah. like you were one of the ones who definitely got that. In, in our age group, cackled. yes, yeah, yes. He's like, oh, he's like Indiana Jones. I too, Rod, prefer a good pun, and I can't wait to make some over the course of the next several hours with JC. <laughs> oh, I can't wait. <laughs> part is I don't, but he hates it so much it resets the scale. Yes, yes. like this oh, yes. conversation again. I wish this was a video show just so you could see my reactions <laughs> to some of this shit. He, his face is pretty priceless. I will say one of the reasons why I wanted to come on this particular four batch of episode run was not just to hijack your show, John. It was because Apocalypse, there's something about the name Joe. Yeah, it was something about yeah. It's because Apocalypse is my favorite X-Men bad guy. And I really wanted to come on for an Apocalypse episode. This particular, you already said we're spoiling the thing, so we're spoiling the thing. This particular run of episodes, I always loved because it dealt with all of the things I liked about the X-Men animated series, right? It's literally got Apocalypse, it's got Mr. Sinister, it's got Magneto, it's got time travel, it's got Cable, it's got Bishop. I mean, it's literally, I mean, it is, I realized this when I rewatched it the other night, it's the Batman the movie of the X-Men the Animated Series. I can Remember? totally see that. I, I think Batman the movie was the one with all of the villains. Master of the Phantasm? No, 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 oh. no. Batman the, Batman the movie was with Adam West. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, okay. We're not talking animated. Oh, no, okay, no, no. We're talking about Batman That's why I was a little confused. Movie. Okay, got it. Batman the movie was the one where all, he had to fight all of the rogues galleries of villains. And that's what this is. And I'm like, this is this is like the mega episode. So I'm really glad to be here. I do feel bad. We never get to see Pyro and Avalanche in this episode, though. Oh, I, I totally forgot about Were we supposed to see Pyro? No, no. But just, you see, yeah. It's like everybody's favorites. And that actually makes it very true that it's like, we left out Blob, we left out Pyro, that's we true. left out Avalanche. Yeah, that's true. And I'm okay, okay with that. Fine. Yeah. It 
doesn't have everyone, but it has almost everyone. No, but to your point, though, <laughs> and Eric Lee Wall talks about that in making of an animated series, that it is everybody's in there, and it's like, yeah, except for those guys, because yeah. nobody really misses them. Oh, <laughs> he doesn't say that, but I think we can infer that. And I think that was the sense that I got of like, oh, we're wrapping things up. Yeah, Look. yeah, because it's like it's a little bit of everything that they've done over the yeah. course of the whole couple of years. You know? Just like a little teaser of a, of a later conversation in another episode. I love there was a comment of like one of the met, the characters in the show Meta saying like, is this a sci-fi convention? Yeah, yeah, because <laughs> like everyone's there. It's true. Yeah. <laughs> so continuing down the hallway after opening the snake door, Cable hits a tripwire which a wall pops down, separates him from the group, and Apocalypse appears in giant form. We see that, you know, Apocalypse knew he was coming. It's like, all right, well, did you, like, was, were, you weren't really hiding, I feel yeah. like, so. Apocalypse does this a lot, where, like, he has foreseen something and, like, been there waiting. And the, any number, X-Men, X-Force, X-Fact, any of the X-Groups and stuff, never learn from that no they always think they've outsmarted apocalypse they also <laughs> normally don't like do anything with the villains like, yeah, these it, it's usually third parties who are the ones that like lock up the villains uh-huh. the episode with cyclops where they get you know small town justice on the oh, dude yeah. who took over like yeah they they really don't put people into prisons which i feel like they should yeah especially like an apocalypse well how do you put apocalypse into a prison kill him yeah yeah <laughs> So. The ultimate prison. Right. Yeah. yeah. Well, I which guess that's is, what Cable's trying to do. Which is what he's trying to do. Yeah. yeah. So. It just took 5,000 years to make it happen. Yeah. Well, back to that. But Apocalypse, you know, like Rod said, he's he's playing for this. He knew it was happening. And he takes Cable's computer because he's la- it's the one thing he's been lacking, the passport to the dimension of time. He could have just said time travel. Yeah, yeah. It sounds much more ominous and much more Apocalypse. Yeah. He's a Shakespearean fan. Yes. Like, oh, yes. <laughs> Shakespeare. I said that That's wrong. right. You know what I mean? He, he and, no, him Shakespearean him and, him fans. On the other side, the group is trying to get in. They're having, Not very effective. Yeah, no success, despite no. the amount of mutant powers and lasers and yes. stuff like that. Amazingly, though, as soon as Apocalypse leaves, they're able to break through right then and there. <laughs> they had to wear it down. Yeah, yeah, it was, yeah. It was yeah. really sure. quick erosion. Yeah. I think that was that. What made me think there was like it was like so thick that there was two layers to get through because Apocalypse, you know, blasts through one part, but it doesn't go all the way through. Right, and then yeah. like a, a t- bit of time later is when they were able to get through this stuff. Okay, all right, but also like you know, story. I was just gonna say convenience, story <laughs> yeah, no, convenience. So <laughs> like, I, like, of, I like, I like giving them the benefit of the doubt. There's a lot. Of, I love that. There's a lot of story <laughs> optimism in this. I'll, we'll get to it when we when we start figuring out. Oh, like, yeah. what's happening? This fucking show cooks, man. It moves. It moves. <laughs> it really does. There's a little back and forth with Cable and Apocalypse, and he talks about you know the world won't stomach your evil, and Apocalypse doesn't consider himself evil, mm-hmm. which no. Which is why I like him. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's interesting here because he actually doesn't talk at all about survival of the fittest, which was the crux of the character for so, so long. Well, and he's now also it's, had a couple thousand years to think on that, too. <laughs> yeah, this, this is the more mature one who doesn't believe in survival of the fittest anymore. <laughs> well, he survived. Yeah. Went from survival of the fittest to eugenics. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he, he started a podcast with Sinister. <laughs> he got convinced. <laughs> there you go. Ends up making Apocalypse almost question himself of what if he can't win? And he compares himself to Sisyphus and the eternal struggle of that mythological character character and he says i'm doomed to struggle with the filth while he's having this own like internal crisis he totally shit talks and it's fantastic i i also love that cable's just literally just standing there listening to him monologue <laughs> i mean I, I would probably be in shock too because like he is, apocalypse is having his version of wolverine cyclops is waiting for me moment he's usually like pretty like you know 
on top of things, but now he's like just sad. He's like, <laughs> yeah. oh, what if all this was for nothing? <laughs> yeah. You know? yeah. After 5,000 years, he finally experiences sadness. Yeah. It's a new, it's a new emotion for him. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, I haven't been winning. I've been losing for 5,000 years. <laughs> At that point, Cable does try to nut up and, and shoot him <laughs> in the back. <laughs> It's fun. Yeah. Like, oh, I, I mean, should do something. He got, he got, he let him get it all out. His, yeah, it was like a therapy session. Yeah, and then unfortunately, Apocalypse teleports away, but very silently. Yes, yes. Because Cable like shoots it. Where the? Where do you go? We go into a flashback, and it's in black and white, so it's very obviously a flashback. Yes, it is. <laughs> Definitely not a cost cutting measure. And by the way, <laughs> I knew exactly what episode it was because I had just listened to your show. Nice. Oh, nice. <laughs> Yeah, the timing on these airing in script order is actually beneficial in this case. Right. So it goes back to the One Man's Worth episode, which takes place in May 11th of 1959. And you get Fitzroy, who is draining Professor X. You see them start teleporting back and forth through time. Bishop leaves. And then we actually get the continuation of Bishop's story there because we never knew. And in a lot of the Bishop episodes, when he thinks he succeeded or fails, he goes back to his time. He always and finds you... out he fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, maybe you just should give up. But he returns back to Forge's lab in 2055, and he sees his sister Sharp, but he's kind of caught in that time stream portal. And she sees him. Yeah. Like, right. Super, like, disturbing. They're like, oh, well, we should probably try to get him out of here. Before they could do anything with that, he ends up getting shot back into the time stream. And when he's in the time stream, it's like just a really shitty LA driver who just like cuts you off on, on the highway. Yeah, like what happens out in the road in front of your place. Constantly. Time I come over here. <laughs> and it throws Bishop off. And that's where we meet Bender. The best X-Men character of all time. So my description of him, he run Bishop <laughs> runs into annoying Robin Williams knockoff. <laughs> Like I said, the best X-Men character of all time. What you guys can't see is oh. JC's tattoo of Bender on yeah. his arm. It extends all the way to the back and the yes. front chest plate. Yes. So we'll do our best to not spoil future episodes, but I will say, like, because I had forgotten this character and the character's arc. Mm -hmm. And in the current Marvel MCU, it was like, is it? I, li I literally like had that moment. Is he Jonathan Majors? Is that what you're asking? That's just yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, oh, no, right. it's Kang. kind of the same idea. Yeah. It's kind of Kang, oh, okay. right? Okay, I yeah. didn't know about that. So, yeah. so is, is Bender Kang? We'll get into it. Okay. Gotcha. But, uh, but yeah. This episode could also, this the whole four episodes could just be called Bishop's Really Long Walk. Yeah, he's walking <laughs> for, for four episodes. Three and a half. He no. finally stopped walking halfway through the last one. It's really in the last couple minutes. Yeah. Though. Okay. It's, it's like the X-Men's Mandalorian. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because I hate a part of... Oh, no, that's both that I hate. No. Well, I just mean, like, it's like a lot of walking in, like, a vaguely spaghetti western right. theme. Yeah. Yeah, I that's do, true. I do appreciate, though, that the little bit of justification for Bender being so annoying is that he's been in a place without time alone for... He says 10,000 years. Yeah, or more, because he lost track. Yeah. So you go insane. Yeah, makes yeah. sense. I just don't want to see it. <laughs> yeah it was we it was it's 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 a lot <laughs> but it's a super like 90s thing right after the genie and aladdin everybody yes. wanted that character yes he does feel like that <laughs> which is why that's why i wish we had a video of you right now which is why jc has him tattooed on his back <laughs> went from my arm to my back it's he all moves. the whole thing yeah. it's the it's from, on your arms your back it's, it's like a it moves like a rorschach's mask from yeah. watchman uh-huh no. so bender who is the who is the custodian of the axis of time and it's just kind of like I, I equated it to like a very boring rainbow bridge from thor pretty much yeah. it's just like yeah. a light bridge that's going towards this 
big center area. Yeah, by the way, like, there's no real mystery for, for Bishop to figure out. It's just like, walk towards the thing in front of you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you walk towards nothingness or thing. Yeah. And, and also all the other roads that he sees in his immediate vision are going towards the one thing. Yes. He's yes. walking towards. Yeah. It's like, well, I guess I'm going there. Yeah. See you in three episodes. In one of the frames, you start to see New York City. And at the time in the their mid-90s, it had the iconic Twin Towers in it, too. Because mm-hmm. it was like our... It was either you saw the Statue of Liberty or the Twin Towers. And that was how we knew it was New York City back then. Yeah. And then it starts cutting into seeing Scott and Jean having their wedding. And... At Finally! <laughs> well, at first, I like... Again, because I hadn't watched this episode in easily a decade. Yeah. So I was like, is this a flashback to the first wedding or is this another wedding? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it is It is another wedding. It is another wedding. And they help clarify that fairly quickly because you see them in the chapel and Morph is sitting in the seats next to the X-Men so you knew he wasn't pretending to be the pastor this time. Yeah, I had him in the in my notes. I was like, is that... I, I was hoping that was Morph. It was Morph. Oh, that's yeah. funny. I didn't even notice that. In, in the row with the X-Men sitting, he was the last one there. So he didn't mm. have a speaking role yeah. or anything like that. I don't like even that. think he moves. I think he was part of like the backdrop almost. <laughs> My favorite part of the wedding scene is when Wolverine cuts the cake, but the animation already has the outline yeah. of where yes. it's going to cut. Same, uh, same trope. Like, I wonder which part the animators wanted us to move. Yeah. <laughs> After threatening Scott. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Of course. Naturally, yeah. as you should. Oh, Scott uh, Scott deserves it. Even I mean, on the wedding day. Yeah. He's usually yelling at I everybody. I will say that Crystal felt very badly. My wife, Crystal, when we watched this episode, felt very badly for Wolverine as he moped around watching Scott finally marry Jean. But at least this time, he didn't have to go through a danger room fight with a giant sentinel of Scott. True. So things keep looking up for him. The third yeah, wedding will he's, be the he's charm. He's making progress. <laughs> yeah. They do a lot of the traditional stuff. Rogue catches the bouquet, which is super sad. Yeah, yeah. That that kind of like gets really brushed over very quickly. But uh, the the spot with it, it was like that is the perfect time for there to be a gambit being creepy moment. Absolutely. And he doesn't do it. But you know what? They got a lot of plot to get through. So. They do. It doesn't uh, Rogue specifically say something like "a lot of good this will do me" or something? Yeah. <laughs> I gotta ask you guys a question. Please. So if you're Charles Xavier and you've had a life that you've had where you've had all these things happen to you with the Brotherhood of Evil Mutants and Apocalypse and Sinister and all these bad guys and your mansion's been destroyed I don't know how many times now on this show. At least three. Why would you shut the security perimeter down? I ask the same thing. (laughs) It's... I mean, I know it's like an excuse, like, oh, we have to logically understand how the bad guys get in. But For the same reason (laughs) that they have never put Mystique in jail. (laughs) Yes. Okay. They never. So basically, Charles Xavier just never learns his lessons. It's (laughs) it's arguably like the time you need the most security because it's all of the heroes, their friends, their family, innocent bystanders. Two of the more powerful mutants, you know, that have been kidnapped before the previous wedding. Well, there you go. Sorry, I, nope. I might have jumped ahead of your notes. It's but fine. It's fine. It's windy. I felt we needed to, the- like, preface how stupid that was well, before you read the plot point. So, <laughs> at the, the the part you did skip over, which is not a big one, was Gambit adding the cans to the car, which was, like, ah. Mm-hmm. TV trope in the 80s and 90s and probably earlier. We finally got rid of that because people didn't want cans fucking up their bumpers, I'm assuming. (laughs) Or just announcing to the world, like, we're finally going to fuck or, like, we're going to pretend this is the first time. Thank you, Rod. Well, because I grew up up in the church. That was usually, like, the signal, like, oh, they're getting away. We're like, why are we concentrating on this right now? (laughs) I got thoughts. I'm not going to get into them on the show. And then right before what Joe is referencing of how did they get through the security barrier, Storm 
proceeds to jinx everything <laughs> by commenting about how smoothly everything went this time. Hey, finally, a wedding went right in the X-Men world. That's like saying a wedding going right in pro wrestling. It literally is never <laughs> meant to happen. Although it has been a hot minute, at least a few seasons since Storm has had like a zinger, you know? And so she had, she doesn't have a zinger this one. She just literally just jinxes it. Yeah. yeah. Well, that, w- that was early show. We were, yeah. we were getting a lot of those of just like, thoughtful storm moments and, and we just haven't had a lot of those this, at We're, this point it's like because she's so well spoken it doesn't immediately feel like an insult and and then you let it sink in the words like wait 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 Storm, but a couple things back like when jubilee i think the first time was jubilee was like freaks like me are here and, and storm's like like all of us dear <laughs> right, wait <laughs> and then same thing with xavier he was like i failed and she's like we fail. Uh, <laughs> it's not as comforting as you think it is, Storm. No, no, it's not. Yep. At that point, the security being down becomes a pretty big deal because there's a flash of light, a loud scream, and then everybody's out cold. <laughs> I was super confused by that moment. Yes, it was very clunky. I, I, I didn't know what was happening. That's fair. Yeah. So, so I'm waiting for like your next couple of lines of descriptions. I have a question possibly about what happened there. So the next line is the Nasty Boys arrive. Okay. Which one of the Nasty Boys has that power? The screaming? No, the, no, just the flash. To flash them into unconsciousness. I think it's supposed to be Vertigo's power yeah. that knocks them out. Okay, I think I was just confused. I'm used to seeing the waves come. Yes, from her. that's. I think that's totally fair. But the the knockout is Vertigo, similar to real life. Also, quick point: Vertigo was not previously a part of the Nasty Boys. Vertigo was a part of the Mutates in the Savage Land. Oh, that's so right. this is Vertigo's transition over to the not Savage Land team. Yeah. And you know, you don't mess with the one that came from outside the crew because whatever crazy shit they did to get accepted. <laughs> well, we also like later see that Vertigo is pretty pivotal to the larger plan that's going on. Too. Yeah. So Nasty Boys arrive. But everybody ends up. plan? Sir. <laughs> I do like that was a genuine mystery. Like at least in this first episode. Well, yeah. to me yes. it was. Rod doesn't do any advanced research before it and the goldfish memory combined really helps. <laughs> there you go. When did you watch the episodes? Did you do it this morning? No, I meant to rewatch them this morning. I watched them yesterday. Okay, yeah. just checking. So everybody gets taken out and dropped and instead of just grabbing Gene and Scott, Slab picks up the car with them in it. <laughs> Naturally. I mean, I guess it's easier because then you don't have to worry about two of them struggling or moving. But he's just like, fuck it, I'm going yeah. for the whole thing. And he's a goon, so. Slab is like the ultimate goon. <laughs> I also like how they just go a little further away before they teleport. Like, why not just teleport do it away there? right yeah. there? Well, they, they do address that, though, a little bit Did later. They? Yeah, kind of. We'll get well, there. So they open up the portal and he literally just throws Jean like she's a football throw. Yeah. yeah. Like there was no concern about like, oh, what if she like lands awkward and breaks her neck? It's like, nope, she's going through the portal. So while I'm watching, you know, I'm, I'm typing out my notes and stuff. And sometimes, you know, you kind of like anticipate what's going to happen. So I'm like typing in like, oh, they they take Jean and, and then like back they throw Jean. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yep. And then they are all like, cool, we're out. And they leave Scott behind. And it's like knowing the story of Sinister, you know, something has to be difference because they literally are like oh we don't need him this time yeah so no like semen extraction excellent i'm very happy that you said that because sean right now <laughs> you get to see the video yes <laughs> yes this is what i've been missing <laughs> we will do one episode that will be a full video show <laughs> <laughs> professor x has regained his consciousness he can't sense gene anywhere 
basically splits everybody up, tells them to start searching, and then Jubilee has the awesome responsibility of getting rid of the guests. Well, you know. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't trust the 13-year-old, or at this point, 14-year-old, we've decided, because it's been, oh, Christmas, it's been yeah. one year. My wife was like, I don't remember Jubilee from any of the movies, and I was like, well, that's because she's not really in them. Funny story. She's uh, not yeah. until she, Apocalypse? She, yeah, yeah, but I don't think she saw that one, but to be, in my, in my nor, wife's defense. Nor but should she. <laughs> I was like, she's the most 90 X-Men character ever. Mm-hmm. Yes. Her, her powers are fireworks. <laughs> That's basically, yes. So Apocalypse, though, if you remember, like, there was this anticipation for Jubilee's finally going to get justice because she was in all the promo material. Mm. Like and they, she's in it for 35 seconds. Yeah, if that. Yeah, yeah she kind of disappears after this, huh? Oh, in, the, in this show, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, no, he's talking about in the movie, oh, the, the movie. anticipation oh, oh, for her. Oh, I see. I'm oh, sorry. Yeah, no, so in the promo material for the Apocalypse movie, oh, yeah. they had, like, these little, like, VHS PSAs and stuff with, starring Jubilee's. We're like, oh, oh wow. Jubilee's fine gonna be in it huh. you know she's been recast every single movie right and we're like she's finally gonna be in it and then yeah she's just yeah, like no. a passing well that reference that movie was we, we don't talk about all, that movie. all of i them. can't wait to do uh, the episode about that movie just because the hate rod will give is amazing i will i will say movies. as as you know a fan of apocalypse is someone who the first like big comic book crossover event when i read was age of apocalypse yep that movie was very disappointing yeah <laughs> i i think i said this on a previous podcast but that is one of the only movies i've ever fallen asleep in a theater during wow i fell asleep for about 10 minutes in in like right before the big fight and i think it was just because something was very loud is the only reason i woke up because someone laughed nobody laughed because there was no emotion tied to that movie because that was me with dark phoenix the last fox x-men movie yeah i mean that was so bad someone Uh, new mutants was the final fox x-men movie that's true was that x-men yeah Yeah. okay jesus christ rod host of the x-men show doesn't know that (laughs) new mutants was I knew there were X-Men put, in put it. Put that on the tiktok huh? <laughs> <laughs> I'm here to learn. So they catch up to Cyclops. Wolverine says that he could smell them, but he can't track them. So obviously they know something is amiss. Professor's using Cerebro, can't find Gene, but has noticed that there is a spike of energy. And at that time, we get Sinister. And Jubilee, you know, goes in, tries to fight back. Professor, this was a theme in the latter, like, seasons. Not only does he get dumped out of his chair, now the chair is just straight up getting destroyed. <laughs> yeah, a lot of times. It's- Actually, give Jubilee credit, though. She fucked up his shoulder a little bit when she starts mm-hmm. fighting him. Well, that was the thing that I was confused about was, like, her fireworks cause the same amount of damage that Cyclops' beams do, but... The- Sinister was like, ha ha ha, that doesn't yeah. hurt me, even though, like, the animation was... The I, same? <laughs> I think it's the recovery aspect of it, though. Because ah, okay. with, with Cyclops, it took a while for it to start reforming itself. God. Versus if he's just like gelatin, it just kind of like sucks back in kind of scenario. Uh, okay. All yeah. Right. Well, sucks for Jubilee. <laughs> yeah. Because then she immediately gets shot. <laughs> yeah. And so this is where I think, I, I feel like one of the Nasty Boys said this, it, or not the Nasty Boys, one of the X-Men said this, was the Nasty Boys took Gene and Scott to another area to draw them away from the mansion so that they could do this move on Xavier. That makes sense. Yeah, and it that's, was, like, that's where line. Sinister does grab Xavier. Jump back to Bishop. I, that was actually a pretty solid way of like, giving the transition with the characters and stuff like that of like, oh, well, do we really care about Sinister just dragging Chuck around the, yeah. the mansion right now to escape? He's asking, why are we seeing this? Is this happening now? Which from a time travel perspective is a really confusing sentence because then it's like the Dr. Manhattan shit is like everything's happening at once when you're in an instance like this, right? I mean... Uh, let's talk metaphysics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, that was kind of the same question I, I had. I feel like it was probably just to help clarify... 
Yeah, for children. Yeah, well, same thing with Ben. <laughs> I want to dive deeper I think, than I think that. You might be a little overthinking this. I will say one thing that's always been impressive about these time travel episodes is like they really do have like a good sense of logic. Like they always made sense to me. They have yeah. rules and they stick to the yes. rules with time travel. In yes, this. which is like actually really impressive for a kid show. Yeah, I mean, dude, there's there's modern pop culture stuff made for adults that doesn't even do that at this there's point. There's modern yeah. X Men stuff that doesn't do that. Hundred <laughs> percent. Yep. But I think that even Bender's character, when he said he'd been there for 10,000 years, I was like, I didn't notice that as a kid, but now that we've had so much multiversal time travel stuff, I was like, he's been in a place without time for 10,000? Okay, sure. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Yeah. well, there, even but, if there's not time passing that will age him, mm-hmm. time still happens. Like, he's yeah. still experiencing those moments. I think that's just a quick way, though, to explain it to kids without getting into, like you said, the metaphysics. Yeah, of like, it, yeah. It, it doesn't go he's into the explanation. Yeah. <laughs> what was it Interstellar? Was that the one where it was like, we sent these people to this planet? Yes. Years ago, and it only had been like twelve minutes or something like that. Light year, yeah, yes, yeah. Okay, <laughs> yeah. So we get another I little. So did I. <laughs> I think I it had... might be the only two, Rod. I haven't, well, I haven't watched we'll yet, watch so I have party. no feelings on it. I think I just think it's different than what you might expect from that. So it was probably more of a marketing branding thing. It had it had some pretty deep sci-fi ideas in it, which I actually yeah. really kind of it was, appreciate. It was animated Interstellar. Okay. Yeah. Basically. Cool. Yeah. We get a mini fight between Bishop and Bender and basically establishes, oh, there's no way for you to leave. Yeah, because he's like, I've been stuck here for 10,000 years. And at that point, if your only buddy there is this guy, (laughs) you're probably going to try to figure out how to shoot yourself. I was just going to say he's got that big gun. But the problem is his (laughs) own mutant power prevents that gun from killing him. That's a good point. He would have to literally like bludgeon himself to death. Oh, we've talked about... It's a rough way to go. Right? I guess you're stuck with Bender. <laughs> we've talked about in the animated series what hell may be. Like, I think we found it. Yep. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Jumps over back to Forge in Bishop's timeline. They're talking about how Bishop could basically be anywhere, but they trace him to the late 90s, which I was like, well, wait, is he... How is he in the late 90s? And that that's where I think, to your point, it's just like, we can't talk about the metaphysics of it. That yeah. would just be... Too confusing. But they send Shard back, who pops up perfectly right in front of Sinister. They have a quick fight, because Sinister doesn't know who this is. Nope. Mm-hmm. nope. This is their first experience. Yep. Sinister retreats back into the mansion. Everybody starts to return, and they end up back in the chapel. And that's where, to your point, they call for George for help. Yes, George. Good old George. <laughs> hey, George. <laughs> well, what are you going to say? Hey, gorgeous George. I hey, mean, yes, gorgeous. Yeah, because then I know who they're talking about. Well, you <laughs> missed other episodes where I yelled at Rod about not knowing who gorgeous George was. <laughs> well, I mean, I know who gorgeous George is. I know who gorgeous George the character is and the wrestler. Right? I know. Uh, <laughs> but when I just hear, hey, George, you know, I don't know. It sounds very. No, not of the jungle. <laughs> <laughs> so the nasty boys do teleport in. And then there's like really slow, choppy animation at this point because of anytime they do the visual effects of like people screaming, there's like the motion lines from like Vertigo yelling and stuff Mm -hmm. like that. That tends to be where the frame rate just drops to like, you know, six frames a second. There's like so much else going on. It's like the economics of animating or something. Yeah. Yeah. I also liked to hear how the dialogue has small like reminder. Jubilee saw Shard and was like, who are you? I'm like, oh, yeah. They haven't met yet. Right. Yeah. Shard hasn't met anybody except for alternate present Wolverine and Storm. Oh, man. That's right. that's a story for those guys to hang out and, you know, <laughs> have dinner. It's like, so I met a version of you guys. And you banged. <laughs> a lot. And weren't quiet about it. 
<laughs> they were quiet about it. because well, I mean, they were they were just, you were the noisiest. Well, I just mean they were, even even just with Shard, they had like super PDA. They t- even though the world was ending, right? <laughs> yes, I remember I, mean, I heard on that. Or episode. time was ending. Yes, and then my favorite moment of the fight is Wolverine stops Ruckus, the guy who screams with cake. Yeah, my note was Wolverine Steve Aoki's them. So the Nasty Boys start to get taken out, and George is like, Xavier was your job, we're out, and they just abandon Sinister. Which is super interesting. Yeah, because he was their leader, mm-hmm. and now it's just kind of like, not necessarily scared of you at this point, because yeah. if well, I'm going to leave might, you behind... might have a, a bigger boss now. I mean, we could spoil shit in the episode itself, so I'm not worried <laughs> about that. Then, this was the, the only disconnect for me from a writing perspective. Beast somehow knows that Sinister is messing around with time travel. Yeah, that was a really great, like, not just, like... It's moving through space. Yeah, not like teleportation. Specifically time travel. Yeah. yeah. And they also even include it in next episode's recap of this one, of yes. that line, too. Yeah, it feels like another cheat. But, was, you know. And it was one of those, like, leaps that, like, it was two extremes because before when Gene first got taken, they were like, yeah. I can't smell where they went. Where'd they go? They, they didn't even occur to them, maybe portholes and everything they've been through. And then now. Did you say these, portholes instead of portals? Portals, sure. Yeah. <laughs> I think he did. <laughs> Good, but, good calling that. But then here they just leap to like, oh yes, it must be time travel. Well, there's a TARDIS and everything. Like, right. <laughs> right. So Scott is screaming, where's my wife? Because that's what Scott does. Because um, they're married now, because yeah. there was a minister. Uh, it finally happens. <laughs> and then Sinister goes weirdly poetic for him, which does end up happening in later iterations of the character in the comics. But at this point, Sinister is like, big bad pointy teeth evil and he says a broken blossom fluttering through time follow if you want to find her and he starts to step through another portal when he does that rogue zooms in grabs professor and then wolverine and cyclops drop kick the portal (laughs) naturally yeah why not what i i have a question the beast line comes before sinister says that yes boy that would have made more sense if they had (laughs) flipped those lines nope anyway I mean, I assume they were dropkicking the portal. I think they were trying to jump into the I, I, No, no, I totally agree. <laughs> but the way that the animation worked, they like how in wrestling, you stop the motion once you hit it. So their feet hit it, and then they kind of like fall down. They don't, yes. they don't like do the sliding dive where they miss it, and they keep going forward. Right. Yes. Fair. Yeah. Okay. But it literally just looks like classic. If there was like Mighty Muscle or something like that back in like the 80s, that would be the animation of a dropkick. <laughs> okay. Cyclops still yelling and Shard reveals that, you know, Gene is in the place that you can't get to another time. Again, show me how to get there. Flash over to Gene, who is, I thought it was a force field at first, but it's it's a, a tube. I said electric bubble wrap. Uh. <laughs> That's what it looked like. Yeah, it's like a test tube. That's yeah. what I always thought. Well, no, the, the effect at the very beginning before it zoomed out to the test tube, ah. there was like the sheen over her. Ah. Like, like, yep. And at the time, you see there are seven-ish tubes, and in the later episodes, that number keeps changing and expanding. <laughs> but I was like, wait, what's the number on this one? Because there is a story about the reveal we're going to see of Apocalypse of spoilers yes literally the next line on my notes in the (laughs) comics there is a story called the 12 okay it would happen in the 2000s that that story and it was literally abduction of 12 powerful mutants to do a thing i don't want to go too far into it but i was like wait is he did they just i couldn't remember if that story had taken place before this was written Uh but this is one of the instances where 
I do think that the comics got some inspiration from this story for yeah, what yeah. would li- happen later in them. They're like, so. that worked well. Let's try. Yeah. So, so who is the reveal? I mean, I literally said Apocalypse. So, <laughs> yep. But we get the big bad cliffhanger in this all happened during the month of November of 1995. Mm-hmm. So this was like every episode of the X-Men was this story at that time. So, mm-hmm. You know, as a kid, we were watching for the first time. You're like, oh, okay. So that's why like the nasty boys weren't loyal sinister and all that stuff. Like, and, it, and then it left you on a cliffhanger for a week. Right. <laughs> what a time to be alive. We have hit the end of the episode. Some just quick notes and trivia and then anybody else who wants to toss some stuff in. The license plate on the car said Slim which is often Cyclops' nickname. Oh, that's very clever. Other Joe said that, and I forgot. What, his nickname is Slim? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, of course. Because because he said he he loves Cyclops, and he was trying to defend him on here, like, oh, no, we're not like a pro Cyclops. (laughs) Uh, I mean, to be fair, though... If you don't really understand the context of the title of your podcast, you might think it is a pro. Yeah, it could yeah. be seen as pro. <laughs> this was... He's, he's, he's slim. He's, yeah. he's, he's not, he wasn't muscular at the beginning. He grew, oh, yeah. grew to be very muscular. Yeah, in the show, uh, yeah. he's he's already built out, but he yes. was like skinny, awkward kid yeah. when he joined. This is the first episode of all of season four where every character from the X-Men has a speaking role. Wow. Oh, wow. Huh. Yep. And nobody was in their traditional costumes during the entire episode as well. Oh, I didn't yeah. Even, I didn't even notice that. Yep. Yeah, they yeah. were all in their wedding gear. Wow. You're right. It's because the defenses are down. No one's going to That's right. Yep. Yes. Naturally. Um, so that is all the notes that I have for it. This was just a setup, you know, because we, we were talking before we were recording. This was basically like a movie, the like yeah. four parts together. And so I think this was just uh, everybody's this favorite is the first act. Everybody's favorite four act structure. Yeah. <laughs> right. Well, well. To be fair, if you are you know talking about movie structures, and that's something that I what do Joe you know Russo, about movies? Know a little <laughs> bit about you know your first act. Act two is usually kind of two parts. You have like a mid that divides act two. So so in theory, there kind of are four parts to it. So mm-hmm. you know. Well, I look forward to the first half of Act Two next week when we come back and do this again. <laughs> on afterwards, on X Men. Should name the podcast that. Is it a previously on? I think we decided not to do that because of SEO or something like oh, that. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. Because yeah. there's something else that's called previously. I on. think there was something that came up when we were searching. Got it. And yeah. also, we were always going to be overtaken by the book. You should have been like. 30 years later on X-Men. Yeah. <laughs> but it wasn't actually 30 years when we did it. But it is now. <laughs> you started too late. But, the too pro- early. but then, you know, we have time in between and we're going to have to go to all these other series. The we're great gonna- news is you guys are going to be ready to go whenever this new series starts. In 2027. And, yeah, right. and, and you got all the TikTokers following you, so it'll be great. Yeah, Rod will say stuff. They'll fight us. It'll be perfect. <laughs> That's great. So, yeah, I guess you were just watching this whole setup. It set up a pretty good mystery for me at least because i didn't remember a whole lot from this episode hashtag goldfish yeah i, I genuinely forgot that this was an apocalypse episode story until like the later part of this episode that's fair because i do all the like joe referenced the the producer role so i'm looking at what characters are involved in stuff because we have a few guests that we're trying to line up for remaining episodes and they're like oh i would love to do a episode with a strong female lead so i have to go through the episodes and like all right cool who has storm who has rogue etc yeah. i want an apocalypse so here i am yep. <laughs> <laughs> Which is perfect because I'm pretty sure for at least the run of the original X-Men 92, 
this is the last series of episodes with Apocalypse featured. Though I did do a little look into season five, and I think there is one more. <gasps> Sorry, there is one more. There is yeah. one more. Sorry, yeah. it's other characters that is their final episode. Yes. So, thank you guys for joining us. And if you have any thoughts, make sure to drop them to the comments of either the YouTube upload, the official Instagram post about this episode, or fight with Rod, who manages the TikTok. If you liked what you heard, we appreciate a rating on the podcast app of your choosing. Find us on Apple Podcasts, Anchor, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and CastBox. And I pray to God that the recording software hasn't fucked us yet. It looks like it's working. We're about to find out when I hit stop. <laughs> Hooray! Hooray!